Hey everybody, this is Jamie Retzke, and when you hear that music, you know it's time for On the Lighter Side of Baseball, and today it is just little old me, actually, it's not little old me, uh, eat quite a bit up here in the Northwoods, and that's where we're coming to you live from Land Lakes, Wisconsin, and I'm looking out over Big Portage Lake, what a beautiful sight, even on a bit of a rainy day, a day when, uh, if the Brewers were playing in uh, Land of Lakes, which they never would. Nobody would ever play here. Uh, the roof would probably come in handy. But as we often say, it's a beautiful day during baseball season, and every day is a beautiful day. Um, you know, unless you're a Cub fan, let's not dwell on the Cubs quite yet. Although I think what I do want to talk about is that I'm not sure there's much light going on in baseball. Um, we've got some good races for the wild card. The National League West seems to be particularly interesting between the Giants and the Dodgers and the Padres. And the Padres are in a battle with the Cincinnati Reds. So I think those are all going to be pretty interesting things to think about, talk about, look at. Um, you know, right about now, it's interesting. Nobody... In, in the major leagues, in the position of field manager that I can think of has been fired. Nobody. Well, that never happens. Somebody always gets fired. So who might be a possibility? Uh, somebody who shouldn't be fired is David Ross, the manager of the Chicago Cubs. He's done a great job managing a minor league baseball team. And, uh, you know, just like Rick Renneria, somebody's going to be the fall guy, although it's going to be harder to have a fall guy named David Ross than Rick Renneria. It just is. Uh, Rossi's done a pretty good job. I don't think he has uh, total control over the uh, things that he does. But, um, you know, by and large, I think he's done a good job given the horrible uh, atmosphere that must exist at Wrigley Field and has existed since uh, Jed Hoyer called him and said, uh, by the way, you Darvish is uh, not going to be around next year. We're going to get some minor league guys. And uh, Zach Davies, who, uh, you know, is a good number five pitcher. So what are we going to do, uh, Jed, for one through four? Well, we got Kyle Hendricks. He's number three. We're going to re-sign Arietta. He may need crutches to get out there, but by and large, he'll be okay. And uh, we're going to go without a number one guy. We don't need a number one guy. We don't need a number two guy. We don't need a number three guy. Uh, we've got Hendricks, and then we'll see what happens. And what happened was, you know what happened. Uh, the team was decimated by a wholesale uh, surrender by the Chicago Cubs, and it was pathetic. But anyway, so we're not going to talk about that And I meant that. We won't talk about that for at least five more minutes, okay? Five minutes. Because I'm going to get back to the Cubs. I'm so pissed about the Cubs. Not only as a season ticket holder, because my tickets are outrageously priced, but you're watching a minor league product, not even a minor league product. And, you know, for all you people out there that think you're diehard Cub fans, wake up. Wake up. You're not going to go out and find four guys like we just – pissed away. You're not. You're not going to find Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, and Contreras, who, by the way, 
has one more year and then he's gone. Yeah, wake up to that. And if they can figure out a way to get rid of Hendricks, they'll do that. They have figured out, and it's not uh, unique. They've figured out, hey, we can make a lot of money if we don't have to pay a big salary. If we don't have to worry about winning, just act like we're worried about winning, uh, then we can make a haul. TV money, radio money, local TV money, ESPN, and on and on and on and on and on, because baseball is for sale. And if anybody thinks differently, hey, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm really sorry, because romantically, I have always loved baseball. I have always loved baseball because of the game on the field, the grass, the dirt, the venues, everything about it from the time I was seven years old until now. But the game no longer is the main event. So anyway, we'll talk about that. I don't have like an opening dialogue like a lot of shows do because I just kind of go where the old news takes me. And so, again, we started out talking about who might get fired. Well, I'll tell you, the person that probably should be nervous is the manager of the San Diego Padres and the manager of the New York Mets and the manager of the Washington Nationals and the manager of the... Uh, well, not the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, but I think Joe's about ready to hit the road. Anyway, the Padres guys over said, man, I mean, he signed on to coach a $50 million payroll and uh, wakes up one day and it's a $200 million payroll. They just keep adding guys and adding guys and adding guys. And so what have they gotten for that? Not much. And the guy that paid $4 billion for the Mets? Now he's taking a social media, criticizing his players. That's going to get you a long way. That is going to get you a long way. That's not going to get you anywhere. So what's happened since July 30th at 4 p.m. Eastern time, the trading deadline? Well, I'll tell you what's happened. Uh, baseball has orchestrated the most unfair, imbalanced, lack of competition events, maybe ever. Now, the 1919 World Series where Eddie Seacott, Joe Jackson, Buck Weaver, and a few other guys decided to take money in an effort to lose to the Cincinnati Reds in a nine-game World Series. Yes, nine games. Those guys may have the number one slot in trying to undermine the best interests of baseball. Yeah, okay. So, you know, maybe Pete Rose gambling on his own team to lose. Maybe that was a bad deal too, if he did that. Supposedly he did. But what Mighty Man Fred the Wonder Dog has orchestrated over the last six weeks is patently... Yes, I learned that in law school. Patently unfair to the everybody. Everybody. It's unfair to the season ticket holders. It's unfair to the guys that are, you know, from spring training on trying to win with the uh, 
team that they went to spring training with and the team that they bonded with. And it's unfair to uh, the other teams in the league that are fighting for a playoff because their owners didn't sell out. Now, if you played 12 of 18 games with your interdivisional rival Chicago Cubs, like the Milwaukee Brewers did in April and May, you faced a whole lot tougher challenge than the Cincinnati Reds taking on the Chicago Cubs in, in August and September. I mean, it's just not fair. Now, I, probably I can understand how you might um, get rid of one guy or maybe even two in a fair trade where you trade a major leaguer and you get a major leaguer back. You trade you uh, Darvis to the Nationals and you get Max Scherzer back. You trade uh, Harmon Killebrew and you get Rocky Calavito. You trade Al Kalo and you get Rocky Calo. You know, those trades are okay. But when you start doing things that are not in the best interest of competitive baseball, then forgive me, but Something is not rotten. Something is rotten in Denmark. Yeah, I don't know where that saying came from. Because Denmark's a nice town. Is Denmark even a town? Maybe it's a country. I don't know. Finland. Denmark. Whatever. Uh, something's rotten in Major League Baseball. And it is the most rotten thing is the Chicago Cubs. So anyway, Manfred is... A, I don't know what, I, I don't know what adjective uh, to use to describe this guy, but he has changed the face of baseball and they are no longer, and wake up fans, it's no longer entertainment for the viewing public, for the season ticket buying public. It is how do we make the most money at this sport and dupe the most people? I mean, that, that's, it's so clear. It's so sad. It's sad to somebody like me who loves baseball, loves baseball a lot. I love the memorabilia. I love the history. I love my my uh, teams that I've rooted for. I've loved the World Series that the Royals gave me and that the Cubs gave me and losing streaks and rebuilding. All those things were fine. They were just fine in the 50s, in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000, 2010. Now you have something that I think is totally spinning out of control. And that is Major League Baseball is more interested in how the owners can make billions of dollars than they are giving the fan a good experience. Now, people might say, oh, come on, sour grapes. Yeah, sour grapes. When To watch the Colorado Rockies, the face value on a ticket was $200. And on StubHub, couldn't give it away for $70. Yeah. You know what? That's shame on me, but that's a result of Ricketts. Now, 
sticking with Major League Baseball for a few minutes, what are they doing? Number one, they have gone all in, and that's a term I learned from Texas Hold'em on TV. And my son, who's been on the podcast before, talking about what to do to flush out your competition, you go all in. Well, Major League Baseball has gone all in on gambling. Totally. Uh, MLB Network, all about gambling. The ribbon at the bottom of every Major League game uh, broadcast on MLB Network has different odds, different prop bets. The bets change. You can bet every inning, every batter, every game. And so you can, <laughs> you can lose a fortune. Major League Baseball doesn't care. This is great. You know, we all know anybody who's gone to a casino, anybody who's gone to Las Vegas, um, you know, with the exception of Atlantic City, where um, the former president didn't do so well, but be that as it may, everybody knows most casinos, with rare exceptions, make a lot of money. And they make a lot of money because the game is rigged, the, it's weighted, and not rigged, it's weighted towards the casino. You know, if you want to have some guys over for cards or get a crap table, you want to be the house. Yeah, you want to be the house because you, 99 times out of 100, are going to come out making more money. So Major League Baseball, who now is joint ventured with FanDuel and with um, other major sports gambling institutions, including Bally Sports, who broadcasts, I bet you they broadcast at least half of the games. They advertise in every stadium. The little note at the bottom every like five minutes is, if you have a gambling problem, you can call blah, blah, blah. Well, come on. Really? Now, again, I'm not a prude. I like to play blackjack. I like to gamble. I don't really like to call a bookie. Um, and I think betting on sports is just, you know, I'd rather bet on me playing blackjack, even though that's not a sure thing. It's a lot better than me taking the spread in the game of SMU versus Cincinnati or you name it. So, Number one, they have sold out entirely to gambling, and I don't like it. Wrigley Field, building a two-story building as a sports book where Ron Santo and Billy Williams' statue used to be. Yeah, artist rendition, looks beautiful, and all those good things, that's what they're doing building a sports book, as is the case with the Washington Nationals and lots of other places, because now the United States Supreme Court has ruled that states can individually book sports bets. And you can do that online and you can clear them through American banks, which was always the sticky point Back when Full Tilt Poker, which apparently was proven to be somewhat of a criminal enterprise, 
uh, if you'd win, you couldn't clear that win in an offshore betting arena through an American bank. Now those problems have been removed because you can bet in America. So in fact, if you live in Virginia, you can bet at five different sports books uh, from the comfort of your own home while you watch MLB Network. And uh, MLB Network has a show specifically dedicated to uh, how to gamble and what to gamble on and what's a good bet, what's not a good bet. So does the Cubs pitiful sports channel, Marquee Sports Network. They have a show on betting, a lot of shows on betting. And, um, you know, it's, it's not like um, take the Bears and the three points and hope that, uh, you know, they either win or cover the bet. Now it's more like the beginning of the Super Bowl where you can bet on the coin flip, heads, tails, you can bet on the over-under of the length of the national anthem. It'll be over two minutes, under two minutes. You can do all these prop bets now in baseball. For example, they set the, the line on Kyle Hendricks' strikeouts last night in the Cub game at four and a half. And Matt Vaskersian on a program called Better's Guide, sat there and talked about how he analyzed how well the Rockies don't do very well coming out of Colorado. It takes them a day or two to get used to the altitude uh, deprivation, uh, lowering the altitude, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, you know, Hendricks has got the most wins in baseball, and so they're figuring, you know, he doesn't really strike a lot of guys out, but with this Colorado team, it shouldn't be a problem. Eh, well, that wasn't true. It's like totally throwing your money away totally throwing your money away i can't number one i i'm not gonna throw my money away there i throw my money away to ricketts i'm not gonna do that again uh yeah so i mean yeah i'm throwing money away i'm throwing money away tomorrow afternoon colorado rockies take on the cubs there's no way i'm gonna get 190 bucks for those tickets or 75 or 50 probably nope throwing it away but i'm not I don't understand the lines and like you have to bet a hundred dollars to win $111 or whatever the different lines are on that. Anyway. So that's number one gambling. Yeah. And you say, Oh man, you're asking quit being grumpy on yeah, gambling's gambling. If you want to do it fine. If the ratings have gone up for MLB network, that's okay. You know, that means that quick pitch will continue with Heidi Watney and that makes me feel just fine. But uh, how do you keep Pete Rose and Joe Jackson out of the Hall of Fame? I, I, you know, I've done a diametrically opposed flip on this. Not on Joe Jackson, but on Pete Rose. Let them all in the Hall of Fame. Okay? Because why not? Why not? Um, now that baseball has apparently taken out a marker with the sports betting world, and that's, their, that's how they're going to exist. Uh, Bally Sports buys out Fox Sports Midwest. There are billboards everywhere. Billboards. There are electronic advertising displays in stadiums for Bally Sports, Penn National, uh, FanDuel, uh, you name it. Anyway, it's sad but true, but that's one thing. Uh, another thing that's, that's just proving to be 
horrible is their relationship with a company called Fanatics. Now, Fanatics is run by some very, very aggressive people, and hats off to them. They started in the memorabilia business, and they got guys to sign memorabilia, and then they sold the memorabilia that they paid the guy to sign at a premium. And uh, yours truly bought bought a lot during the 2016 post-World Series championship run by the Cubs. So much so that they, you know, invited me to attend uh, a dinner uh, with other suckers uh, with Chris Bryant and uh, Anthony Rizzo. Great time. I mean, you got to talk to these guys, take photographs with Rizzo and uh, Bryant. You got, they'd sign stuff. And um, it was cool. Yeah, it was cool. That was a good deal. But the Fanatics um, started to take over the memorabilia field. Then a year ago, they cut a deal with uh, Nike and Major League Baseball to provide all the uniforms and footwear for Major League Baseball with the Nike symbol, the swoosh. And I think that's what it's called. If not, then you guys can laugh at my swoosh. But the swoosh right out of competitive baseball. But again, uh, the Players Association is going to get a lot of that money. And they know it. And uh, it'll make it easier to negotiate the upcoming collective bargaining agreement, which looms high over the heads of the owners. So now it's announced that the Topps Trading Company uh, was asleep at the switch. And while they were being duped into thinking they had this partnership with Major League Baseball, because they came out with all new kinds of gimmicks for baseball cars this year to kind of lure back some of the people that had gotten out of the hobby. While the Tops company thought that they were really on the right track with Major League Baseball, boom, rug got pulled out from under them by who? Not, not the who. Who? The answer to that is the Fanatics and not the Philly Fanatic or whatever that was. Some that mascot was the company, the fanatics have now signed a 10 year, I believe exclusive with major league baseball to produce, uh, fanatic cards, not top trading cards, but fanatics cards, whatever those are. And I won't be buying any of those anymore. And I'll be betting on baseball. Uh, it's just like, okay, I'm done. I'm done with this stuff. So you've got the Fanatics getting into the uniform footwear business, the Fanatics getting into the Tops trading card business, and Major League Baseball just selling out everything they possibly can. And, you know, do I fault them? No, go for it. Here's where I draw the line. Here's where the fault comes in, folks. Two places. And if you've listened to this show very often, you know that one of my... Uh, biggest complaints with Major League Baseball in uh, their failure to achieve competitive balance, um, like the NFL has much more competitive balance uh, because of their sharing of, of major revenue. Major League Baseball 
has a good TV deal and the owners do that. Uh, they quote small market teams, get kickbacks from teams that go over the luxury tax limit. So the Chicago's of the world and the New York's of the world pay a substantial amount, subsidize the Kansas City Royals of the world, the Tampa Bay Rays, the Oakland A's, San Diego Padres, Milwaukee Brewers, quote, small market teams. And for that, they're, they're not necessarily required to spend every dollar on that. But there is no guideline or directive or requirement that the teams spend a particular threshold amount of money on their payroll. For example, I have said that if you take the, the average payroll from uh, the year before and require each team to be within 10% of that a- average payroll, it'd be more fair. And I submit to you, you wouldn't have the debacle that occurred on July 30th uh, to the Chicago Cubs. It wouldn't happen. It wouldn't need to happen because dumping salary wouldn't help you because you had to get up to the threshold amount. So if you had an idea that, hey, we're going to give Rizzo to the Yankees and, hey, George Steinbrenner Jr., we'll pay him. All you got to do is send us some schmuck from your minor league guys that couldn't make Major League Baseball, and we'll put him in our minor league, and he'll never make our Major League Baseball unless we're so bad that – he would make it. I mean, it's like, oh man. So that's number one. No threshold. Number two is they should not be allowed to dismantle their team on July 30th. You should not be allowed to dismantle and turn your championship baseball team into a double-A at-best club. And that's what the Cubs did. And that's what, the, that's what the Nationals have done. And that's what other teams have done in the past and teams will do in the future. And it's, as I said, it's not fair to the fans. It's not fair to the season ticket holders. It's not fair to the teams that played uh, those good teams in April, May, and June and July uh, and then after they get the team, somebody else gets to beat the crap out of them. And people go, oh, come on, you're exaggerating. No, not. The proof's in the pudding. It's like uh, the proof is in the pudding. And the proof is the Cubs are god-awful. They lost more games than in the Billy Goat era where – the owner of a local tavern trotted in a billy goat, kissed the billy goat in an effort to break the horrendous, excuse me, I'm so bored from the, the this whole Cubs deal, I can't even begin to tell you. Now that I've yawned, I'm feeling better. Might get some coffee at the break. But um, that just isn't fair. And I mean, and again, yeah, I've harped on this because I just think it's worth harping on my show my harp and it's it it is in the years gone by it's sort of been bad 
you know, Chapman left the Yankees because the Yankees were out of it. But oh, how did Chapman end up back with the Yankees the very next year? Hmm. I smell another rotten Denmark. Poor Denmark. Nothing's rotten in Denmark. I've never been to Denmark. Anyway, Finland, Denmark, and there's one other one up there. <laughs> I get a map. No, I won't. Um, okay, so that that's um, that's it. I've summarized in other podcasts. I mean, how do you take more than 50% of your major league team and the guys that are left, nobody wants. Nobody wants to see an app. That guy's pathetic. He's in a buck 98. Oh, he'll come around. No, he won't. It's his fault, among other people's fault, that the Cubs suck. Because Hap sucked. Hayward sucked. You know? Um, the H boys, they ain't Mandel and Maris, they ain't the M boys, the M and M boys, the H and H boys suck. And I mean, not, uh, Jason Hayward seems like a great guy. Hayward is dumping over 30 million of his own money into uh, facilities in South Chicago in an effort to help uh, former gang members and other disadvantaged guys get a break. And it's not just baseball diamonds with a bench here and a bench there that maybe will get used or maybe won't, but it's inside facilities and facilities to help not only athletes, but uh, non-athletes. So hats off to Hayward. What a great guy. He just can't hit. Now, he used to be able to hit. Then he got bean. And um, he and Hap, supposedly, they led the team during the pandemic, uh, rushed to gold from last year, rushed to the rainbow. Okay. So they hit 260. I don't know. The whole deal. I mean, at least the offense is coming back now that the umps are strip searching the pitchers to see if they're using pine tire to improve their spin rate. That's pretty funny. Lo and behold, teams are scoring 14, 15 runs. Lo and behold, the Cubs, who were in first place on June 24th after they no hit the Los Angeles Dodgers, a mere six weeks later have nobody left on their team. Kimbrell, Chafin, Tapera, Jake Marisnik, Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, you got to be kidding me! Oh, we'll find we'll find some more. So that you know, we'll get it. We'll get some more guys like that. We'll rebuild. Uh, we're not going to call it rebuilding because you fans don't like a rebuild. We're going to do it really quick. We're going to really do it quick. We're going to find next year, maybe the year after. We're going to have a shortstop like Rizzo, although maybe you'll call him Nika Horner, and then we're going to have a third baseman like Bryant. But uh, we're going to call him Patrick Wisdom. But he's going to be just same, same kind of guy. And then we're going to have a first baseman like Rizzo. Uh, no, you won't. And uh, we'll find a catcher. It'll be like Wilson Contreras. And oh, no, you won't. No, you won't. And the Cubs are the last team to prove that they can develop anybody. And Jed Hoyer doesn't know what the heck he's doing. I'm sorry. He got jobbed. He got screwed. He got taken to the cleaners. Let's Nobody wants to nobody wants to call it the way it was. The worst negotiator maybe in the history of baseball besides the John Holland. Now people go, "Oh, who the heck was John Holland?" Well, back when you couldn't just dismantle your team, 
because it didn't make any sense. These guys weren't free agents. They weren't going to go anywhere, although they did trade them, which I submit is a lot better than a dump of everybody. And then you go, hey, we're going to give these guys a chance. We're going to give the, you know, we'll see what these guys can do. Let's see what Duffy, is he another bias? Really? If Matt Duffy was another bias, he would have been up three years ago. If Ortega, he's, Ortega's not even a, um, Almora, you know, he's, he's better than Hap. Nobody wants Hap. They could designate Hap for, for, um, uh, assignment and nobody pick him up. Not even with us paying for him. No, 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 we're not, we're not going to give up on, on Ian Hap because why would we do that? But what the Cubs have done in unloading all these guys is just, it's just atrocious. So where, what are they going to do to replace them? That they got not the, the guy that's ranked the highest in all the prospects of the existing prospects and the guys they got in these trades, the, the highest, you know, remember this is not a great organization. We haven't, we haven't produced a winning pitcher that we drafted and, and, and brought up since Kerry Wood. And I'll get back to Kerry Wood in a minute. But um, no, we don't have uh, the ability to develop players. And Theo knew that. And that Theo got out of town. Glenn Casper got out of town. Joe Madden got out of town. Chili Davis was asked to get out of town. And now the guys are gone. The band's gone. They ain't going to get back together. People are going, well, maybe those will resign them as free agents. I don't think so. But anyway, maybe they will. Maybe they won't. But what they do have is a bunch of minor league players. The guy that is fifth ranked in their organization, the guy that got in the trade, has played when the white when they picked him up six professional games been hurt he's been hurt um you know the rule of thumb is if you can trade a major leaguer, get a major leaguer they trade kimbrell who's got a year left on his contract or at least a club option and they get madrigal another second baseman i mean i've analyzed these before i'm not going to bore you again I'm just going to say that where was Bowie Kuhn stepping in, Mighty Manfred, the Wonder Dog, and saying, hey, this is not in the best interest of baseball. You cannot just on the afternoon of July 30th give away Rizzo, Bryant, Baez, Marisnik, da-da-da-da-da, Kimbrell, Chafin, Tapera. You know, and, and shame on the fans that go. I finally concluded... I, I, I drew an analogy to Disney World because the Cubs are run by Goofy and Pluto. And so I thought to myself, does anybody really go to Disneyland or Disney World to talk with or look at or see Donald Duck or Mickey Mouse or Minnie Mouse or Pluto? No, they just go because it's a cool place. The rides, the food, the atmosphere. Um it's a play, It's a destination. We all know that. Huge. All over the world. Disney Europe. Disney Asia. Disney, Disney, Disney. 
Same with the, apparently Ricketts has finally concluded. I don't need players for people to come watch. I got Wrigley. So I'll just improve Wrigley. I'll put out a little park. I'll put a big screen TV. I'll buy up all the land around. I'll build hotels. I'll build restaurants. I'll name them after players. I'll put in a, a hall of fame. I'll put in a sports book. And uh, voila, I got 30,000. I can live with 30,000. They're going to drink a little beer. They're going to eat a little peanut food. They're going to eat some hot dogs. And uh, some will go to the club. And I'll just charge 200 and some odd dollars for those good seats. And um, I'm good. And, and so I don't think he cares. So why should I? Really? I mean, I often thought that too, you know, with Rizzo. Um, guys who get to first base and Rizzo's laughing. And, you know, I've been out of shape because the pitcher just walked a guy. And Rizzo, care less. He's over there shooting a bully on Rizzo. And I'm not picking on Rizzo. Most first basemen like to, uh, as long as they can speak English, like to talk to the players. And, uh, you know, and that's fine. That is all fine and good. Didn't happen back in the day. You didn't see Bill Scourin over there slapping Nelly Fox on the butt when he got a hit, driving in Louis Aparicio to put the White Sox ahead, two to one. No, no, no. You didn't see anybody around Bob Gibson's team swatting the guy on the shoulder and talking to him, seeing how his family's doing. No, 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 no. That was a different era. Now I don't know what we got except wholesale selling of baseball. So, okay, I've, I've, I've talked myself out. I have talked enough about this travesty, which is now Major League Baseball, travesty that the Chicago Cubs feel the team that is not Major League quality, and nobody's saying anything about it. You know, Sutcliffe was the only guy that came close over the weekend when he was uh, doing the color with Shrimp Scampi. Um, Sut came close, but even Sut knows where the bread's buttered in his life. So he's not going to come out and go, what in the heck are they doing posing as a major league baseball team? And then some other guy gets interviewed. Oh, we're proud to wear the uniform. And this is a great major. No, 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 no. This is a minor league team playing in Wrigley field. All right. So enough of that. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I promise that we're going to talk a little bit about uh, baseball and less about the um, uh, travesty of the condition of baseball. Uh, so let's take a break, enjoy the music, and we'll be right back. Okay, we're back, and let's let's stick with the. Uh, well, we'll get back to the Cubs and their Hall of Fame. I want to talk about the Cubs Hall of Fame in a few minutes, and I'm going to make a note of my to myself. Talk about that. Trying to get Craig Kashan. He's ducking me because he knows that all I want to do is bellyache about the Cubs, and and uh, you know that's true. And I uh, I'd like to uh, talk a little bit about the Mexican League, and. Uh, 
the team that our good friend and, and one-time uh, interview on this podcast, Sammy Solis, was playing in the uh, Mexican League and led his team to the playoffs with a 2.57 ERA out of the bullpen. And but for uh, getting uh, positive tests for COVID, he would have gone to the uh, Olympic Games in Tokyo uh, on behalf of the Mexican team because he was playing in Mexico and his uh, family has uh, historic roots in uh, Mexican heritage. Okay, I think I can say that. Yeah, I did say it. And we love Sammy and his dad. And we hope that Sammy gets a shot in September to play Major League Baseball. And I think the Brewers ought to give him a shot. Okay. Rosters expand. I think they only expand to 28, which I applaud. But give Sammy a shot. They need left-handed pitching. And uh, Sammy's had a good career in uh, Japan last year. He got hurt, or two years ago. He took a year off rehab. Came back to where he could get, he got his velo up to 91.92. Velo, that's kind of a term on MLB Network, I learned. I think it means how fast you pitch. So, that's off to Sammy. Another guy in the Mexican League, uh, a teammate of Sammy's. Another guy down in Mexico on Sammy's team that I've always liked. I liked this trade when the Cubs acquired Addison Russell and Billy McKinney. Now, Billy McKinney has moved on to three or four or five different teams. And I can't remember if he's with the Dodgers now. I think he is. Anyway, Billy McKinney is a good ball player, and he has been around. Uh, he's been around a long time, and nobody's ever heard of the guy. But Addison Russell, we all know uh, what a great role he played in 2016 in getting the Cubs a world championship ring. He was very important at second base in that keystone combination with Javi Baez. In fact, Russell had played shortstop for a long time before Baez finally uh, won the job because Javi is El Mago and El Mago rules. Now, I guess the Cubs didn't think so because they just dumped him for a, a couple prospects. We got more prospects. What are we going to do with these prospects? I'm sure Jed will think of some way to screw that up. Not a Jed fan at all. He got so outmaneuvered. Anyway, Addison Russell hit like 330 in the Mexican League and deserves a shot. Now, I did not look into, study, investigate, or in any way probe the um, domestic abuse problems that plagued him when he was in Chicago. Now, you know, if they're so bad uh, that MLB doesn't think he deserves another shot, I can live with that. But if that is not the case, then Addison Russell ought to get a shot back in, in uh, the big leagues because he did well in Japan and he did well in Mexico. And um, I'm thinking it should be a pretty good fit for somebody. Maybe the Cubs. Go back and get him. Go back and get Joe Madden. Go back and sign, uh, um, you know, you go, we go. Man, they don't go. They went down. I mean, really, can you folks out there believe how 
Is there a team that got stinkier so fast? Nah, uh, there's not. The worst hitting team in the history of baseball during the month of August. The worst month of any baseball team ever, ever. The worst record of any Cubs franchise. And they just have not hit during the course and term of Anthony Laposi, their hitting coach. So how did we get off? How did we go from the Mac? I can't, you, it's, you can name anything, and it all comes back to Jed Hoyer, Tom Ricketts, Theo Epstein, and uh, Anthony Laposi in my life. If you listen to this show, it's like, okay, here we go again. He's just ragging. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to talk about talked about a little bit about the Mexican League and trying to get Sammy Solis and Addison Russell jobs back here. Great. Talked about Mighty Manfred and what he's done to baseball. I love Topps cards, and I'm going to have a show on baseball cards because everybody everybody loves the old Topps baseball cards. And Cy Berger, who founded Topps, is no longer with us. And oh my God, did the uh, did the board of directors of Topps go south? What happened? How did this happen? What did they not do? I don't know. I'm going to look into that sometime. But let's talk about. Some of the teams that still are around that are kind of fun to watch. Uh, and the most fun, I think, because I like the announcer the best. And if you get the uh, uh, extra innings package, you can hear any announcer you want telecast on any television feed of every major league team out of market. You know, so everywhere, unless you live in a city where there's major league baseball, and then those teams are blacked out, but not the others. So, with my MLB network package, I can listen to Bob Uecker on the radio every night. Every night, Tom Hamilton on the radio every night doing Cleveland Indian baseball. I can listen to John Miller every night doing the Giants. But the most fun team with the most fun announcer, when you put those two together, Tampa Bay Rays. And none other than Dwayne Stats, the announcer. But the Rays just keep on doing it. And how cool is that? And a guy with the best name in baseball, Randy Rosarina. I mean, a year ago, nobody could pronounce his name. Nobody knew who he was. Now, it's just, these guys benefit from no payroll threshold. They just keep churning these guys in and out. They know when to get rid of these guys, and they get rid of them, and they all go south for the most part. So the Rays are fun to watch, and they'll be They'll be fun in the playoffs. So in the American League, who is hot and who's not? Well, the Rays are hot. The Yankees are pretty warm. And the Red Sox are in and out. The Blue Jays, God love them, they tried. But, oh, Canada is going south. And they played most of the games in the south. I didn't plan that. It just kind of came out. They're back home in the Rogers Center, or whatever the heck it's called now. And the team is okay. They've got a lot of stars. They're just not winning as much as the Yankees or the Rays or even the Red Sox. Okay, so you got those teams that are all in the East. In the Central, you've got nobody but the White Sox. And even with Tony La Russa, they're going to win that by a long shot. But, I mean, this guy is in a coma for half of the game. He, God love Jerry, Mr. Reinsdorf, the chairman, 
What were you thinking? I know. Love affairs don't don't uh, die easily. And he loves Tony. Thinks he's the best handler of pitchers he's ever seen, especially in the ninth inning. Well, game after game after game, Reinsdorf's dream of Tony being this relief pitcher whisperer has not worked out. Put Kimbrell out there. Kimbrell gives up a couple hits, which Kimbrell is known to do. Kimbrell pitches great in a jam. LaRusa comes out, takes him out, and Kimbrell was pissed. You could see it. He's shaking his head like a bad call with the umpire. And I guarantee he didn't go quietly. And then they had a public meeting where the air was cleared. <laughs> nah, you got you got two alpha males, man. You've got Liam Hendricks and you've got um, Craig Kimbrell. And in between, a guy named Bummer, who is a bummer, and... Uh, Man, oh man, oh man! I don't know what's going to happen with the White Sox, but they, you know, I pick them to uh, go deep in the playoffs because they just have a great offense. Not even Tony can screw that up. They have great pitching, great starters, great bullpen, and they play three games over the weekend against the Chicago Cubs. So, uh, back to betting, uh, sports duel or whatever, fan duel, or you know, the other one. Go bet on, take the over against the Cubs and the, whatever the line is. Over, over, over. He'll probably be wrong. Referring back to my earlier comments about gambling. So, anyway, um, the West is a joke. And the, uh, the teams there are probably the Astros. And uh, that's it. That's it. Um, you know, every now and then the... Uh, Mariners sort of are hanging around the wild card and the Angels with Shohei Otani. Great, but not that great. Poor Joe. I don't know. I don't get it. Don't get it. Any team that has Tommy Lestello starring is in trouble. And then you have, so who's going to win the American League? Probably the White Sox by default. White Sox versus the Rays. White Sox versus the Yankees. White Sox versus the Red Sox. Um, I'm going to take the White Sox over the Red Sox every time. I'm going to take the White Sox over the Yankees, maybe. That's closer. And I'm going to take the Rays over the White Sox if any of those three scenarios were to happen, which they got to happen. Um, you know, the pit teams are still the Orioles, the Tigers, the White Sox. No, not the White Sox, the Royals. Sorry, folks. Sorry, Jerry. I, I was kidding. The Royals, um, the Pirates. Oh, there's some doggy teams. They probably make a lot of money. Hey, hey, the scam is on. Uh, drop your payroll and make some money. Um, in the National League, much more interesting. In the East, a disappointing team so far is the New York Mets. Their owner challenging these guys, wondering how in the world professional hitters hit this badly. It's the Mets do. It's a good way to endear yourself to the team. Um, he's got Lindor and Baez. I don't know how those guys are going to work together, but you know, Hey, they might figure out a way. Um, you've got the Braves playing really good ball since they made some really good trades and they were not right up there with uh, Hollywood trades, but they made some good trades and Jorge Soler is picking up the pace. Uh, they basically replaced their outfield and they're doing good. Um, uh, the nationals are dead. 
the Marlins are just horrible. They were a good go for the rainbow 60 game season last year, but not anymore. And um, you've got the Mets and the Nationals and the Marlins and the uh, Braves. So the Braves are going to walk away with that, I think, ultimately. I think whether the walk is quick or not, who knows? In the uh, center, the Brew Crew's got it wrapped up. There's nobody else. Cardinals are sort of putzing around, getting some of their injured guys back. At least the Cardinals can feel the competitive team. Do you get that, Mr. Ricketts? The Cardinals can get rid of guys and field a competitive team. They can have guys injured, lose six guys to the IL, field a competitive team. You hear that? The Cardinals. What do you do? You just panic. You're a scared owner. You panicked and found a way that you can sell to somebody the rebuilding and dump $100 million in payroll. Okay, great. I don't own the team. Do what you want, but I ain't buying tickets from you. Then you've got the West. And as we said, the Giants, Padres, and the Dodgers are all good. So I think the Dodgers and the Giants are going to win. One get the wild card, one get the division. And I think the Cincinnati Reds have a really, really good shot uh, to beat the Padres for that uh, other wild card game. And uh, that'll be interesting. So at that point, the, can the Brewers beat the Dodgers? Mm, I don't know, man. It's a tough deal. But that'd be a good series. Brewers, Dodgers, White Sox, Rays, and that'd be the final four in my opinion now. Dark Horse, Cincinnati, very dark. They need some pitching. They didn't really go out and get much pitching. They need pitching. Um, another dark horse. The Padres, if they turn it around, but I think their manager is gone and he doesn't know. I don't think he's, I don't just think they're better than uh, the manager is good. So is that going to keep anybody interested as football starts? I don't know. The Bears got crushed in their second preseason game and Justin Fields is going to start the third. The Chiefs are going to be the dominant story. Nobody cares about anybody but Salvi Perez and Whit Merrifield, Kansas City. And then you've got um, the West Coast. That's got a little bit of fan uh, buzz. And then gambling. So will all those little factors be enough to keep people's interest in baseball? I don't know. I don't know. Um, So that's the scoop. Are we demoralized? Yeah. Are we bitter? Yeah. Are we sad? Yeah. Are we going to spend any more money on baseball tickets? Probably. Probably. Still, I love the game. You know, you can't even buy a scorecard anymore in Wrigley Field to keep score. I don't know. You can't pay cash for a beer anymore in Wrigley Field. You have to go to these these old-time vendors, and they've got a little gizmo where they take your credit card and do something. And... uh you know, you can take your ballpark app, order some mobily, and some guy might bring it to you, but he might not. And um, you know what? As somebody pointed out, hey, there's still 40,000 people at Wrigley. And that's true. Like I said, you don't go to Disney World to see Donald Duck or Mickey Mouse. I don't even know if Donald Duck, yeah, I think Donald was part of that deal. Um, you don't go to Wrigley, apparently, to see any Major League Baseball player. Who are you going to see? Um, here's my projection for next year. At third base, Patrick Wisdom. At shortstop, Nico Horner. At second base, Bodie or Madrigal, the guy that came over for Kimbrell, who's hurt. 
Okay. They buy, they trade for a herd guy. That's how powerful Jed Hoyer was. He makes a trade for a guy who has no power, who hits for average and is hurt. And we don't know how hurt. Brilliant. At first base, uh, you name it. I don't know. Maybe wisdom can play first and third. If he's really fast, he can feel the ball third and throw it to himself at first. That'd be great. That'd be great. Imagine that in the outfield. So you got Willie Contreras for another year, unless, unless, and here's a big scary unless for you Cub fans out there, unless Jed has learned that on July 30th, 2022, guy doesn't have the same value he has in uh, September 1st, 2021. So if you can't sign Mr. Contreras, and you've got the lineup that I just talked about in the infield, trade him now. You know, one trade I proposed, trade him to Atlanta for your, his brother. At least you'd have five more years of a Contreras. Or trade him to the Dodgers for Justin Turner. And you have two years left with that guy because Chris Bryant's going to be playing third base for the Dodgers. Or um, you do some other things. So if Contreras doesn't get traded, it's either him or Amaya, assuming Amaya comes back from his injury. And and he's supposed to be the real deal. Then in left field, I hate to say it, folks. Oh, my God. In left field right now, next year, Ian Happ. Center field, Ortega, right field, Hayward. Oh, they're hitting about a buck 80. Oh, that's, that's bad. Starting pitching, Azale, who's hurt and hadn't really shined. Justin Steele, who may or may not be good, uh, Kyle Hendricks, Zach Davies, and and uh, and Mills. Ooh. And in the bullpen, God only knows. I don't know who they got, but maybe they'll get some more guys. That's the Cubs. Uh, so the exciting teams, I guess, when you get right down to it, are the Rays, the Giants, and uh, maybe the the Yankees. I hate to say it, uh, those are maybe the exciting teams. The Brewers are fun to watch and hopefully they can get into the world series. Man, would that be great? The world series and the NBA title all in one year. Ooh, that would be great. And, uh, you know, and Bob Euchre doing the world series on the radio. It doesn't get any better than that. Not any better than that. So that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for the Brewers White Sox. Would that be great? 90 miles up and down the worst turnpike toll road, expressway in maybe the world, but you still get to see seven games, man. Now I'm excited. So we're going to feature the White Sox Brewers as they get to October. And this podcast will be talking about Brewers, White Sox, and the Negro Leagues, almost exclusively and rarely, if ever, <laughs> you believe this. Will I talk about the Cubs anymore? I'm just going to leave them alone and let them, quote, develop. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to let them develop. So for Spotify, SoundCloud, and most of all, Apple iTunes, and, you know, some people are telling me they're getting the podcast on other, other avenues. That's great. The more the merrier. Listeners go up, still looking for some sponsors, but it's more fun without a sponsor. We'd have to take breaks. Who wants to take a break? Give me a break. So there you have it, folks. I'm excited. I've 
I've put all my dirty laundry away. I've gotten rid of my cub hatred. I'm going to take a bath on the tickets, and I already know that. And I don't care. What I care about is the White Sox and the Brewers and their avenue to October, because I'm going to chronicle that. And then I'm also very interested in Bob Kendrick and the Negro Leagues and the Negro League Hall of Fame. I'm going to chronicle that. And I'm going to look a little bit about at the um, next year's uh, Field of Dreams game because the Reds play <laughs> the Cubs. I said I wasn't going to talk about the Cubs. Boy, am I aware. Uh, that's going to be a fun game. And whoever the wonderful on-field reporter is for the Chicago Cubs, she had actually, she's hard to hear. Uh, now, maybe I am have hard to hear hearing. She's hard to hear, but I did hear this. She had a great idea. You know how this year the players walk through the cornfields to be introduced as the starting lineups for the Chicago for the White Sox and the Yankees. She had a great idea, and that great idea is to have their Hall of Famers, their stars, walk through the corn. So you would have Billy Williams, Andre Dawson, Greg Maddox, Fergie Jenkins walking through the corn. And you could throw in a few guys that should be in the Hall of Fame, like Rick Sutcliffe or Kerry Wood or you name it. And then you have the living Hall of Famers from or Hall of Famers that should be Hall of Famers. Uh, I don't think Pete Rose will be walking through the court field. So forget that. But you could have Ken Griffey Jr. You could have David Concepcion, Johnny Bench, on and on and on. Would that be cool? That would be really cool. So I bet that, I, I mean, she raised, I'm giving her all the credit. It wasn't my idea, it was hers. And uh, it was a good idea. So I'm all for that. And finally, speaking of the Hall of Fame, not the Hall of Fame, but Ricketts, in addition to doing his sports book building, uh, has revamped, renamed, rekindled, because Lord knows we can't watch the team. The Cubs Hall of Fame and 56 plaques were installed in this newly enshrined Chicago Cubs Hall of Fame. And so there were players like Grover Cleveland Alexander. There were players like Stan Hack, Hack Wilson, Tinkers, to Evers, to Chance. That's right. Frank Chance not only played but managed. There were guys like you'd expect, Fergie Jenkins, Ron Santo, um, Harry Carey, Billy Williams, Ernie Banks, guys that are in the National Hall of Fame, in the Hall of Fame. And then they had a host of others. You got, well, Lee Smith's in the Hall of Fame. But you had a lot of different guys that um, Jack Brickhouse, for example, a great announcer that should be in the Major League National, League, National Hall of Fame. It maybe is. I'll have to go back and look. I mean, I can't believe that Brickhouse isn't. But they had guys like Rick Sutcliffe that wasn't in the real Hall of Fame, but he's in the Cubs Hall of Fame. Now, is Mark Grace in the Hall of Fame? No, not in the Cubs Hall of Fame. How do you not have Kerry Wood in that Hall of Fame? I don't know. Who? who? Yes, Craig Kenny. It's his deal. He's everything but baseball. And, and what a joke. 
And then how do you keep out Sammy Sosa? Oh my God, I think he broke a radio. He smashed a boom, but okay, Wood smashed his boom, but how do you keep Sosa out? Give me a break. Anyway, see, it always comes back to those North Siders. Terrible. I apologize. White Sox, Brewers. Next time we'll talk about Yelich. We'll talk about that great trade for Willie Adamas. We'll talk about Escobar and his injury. We'll talk about Avacel Garcia. The White Sox traded him to the Brewers. Big mistake. Guy's great. We'll talk about the pitching staff of the Brewers. We're going to feature Brewers baseball next time, whether it's with or without my good friend Craig Kashan, because from Woodworth to Hayter and everybody in between, they have great pitching. They have great hitting. They have great power hitting. Now, their offense is sputtered from time to time, but Yelich is coming around, and they play the Cubs again, and they've got good defense. So this is going to be fun to watch, the Brewers, and at the same time, the White Sox. White Sox have some of the best talent, Tim Anderson, Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez, and, uh, and then the great pitching staff, a great starting pitching, great bullpen. Uh, their catcher's hurt, but they've got a Brayu. They've got, I mean, everywhere you look, when they fill in a guy, and he does great. Uh, Jerry has put together a good team. Um, you know, his, his uh, Rick Hahn, his general manager, has put together a great team. And so, um, you know, when... Freddie Lynn, uh, not Freddie Lynn, but um, oh, the starting, the starting pitcher needed a uh, needed a contract extension. Lance Lynn, sorry, when he needed some money, Jerry stepped up. When Rizzo needed some money, Ricketts stepped away. When Baez needed some money, here I go again. See, I can't get it out of my head. I'm so pissed. Is it because I'm a season ticket holder and? My team went down the tubes, or is it because I've got some lofty view of competitive baseball? You know, I'm not even talking about the shift. I'm not talking about the, the you know, what they call a rover in softball. I'm not talking about the spin rate. I'm not talking about launch rate. I'm not talking about, I, I'm just pissed. And then every time my brain switches to something with the Cubs, I, I go off on a tangent. And to that, I apologize because... This is the lighter side of baseball. And thank God for the Brewers and White Sox because that can be light and fun and Yelich and Kane and Garcia in the outfield. Ooh, that is going to be great. And Escobar and uh, Willie Adamas and Wong and uh, on and on and on. Um, it's great. It's great. It's going to be fun. And I'm excited to have something to talk about that doesn't have a little baby cub on their uniform, a Bruin. Anyway, that's it for me. I, I appreciate every one of you guys that listens. I appreciate the feedback we get. And, uh, you know, I hope, well, not only do I maybe cure insomnia for you guys or lend a hand when you're on the Peloton or when you're driving and you need to pop the podcast in or on, but um, I sincerely you know, there's a ton of podcasts out there. And whether it's one of you or a thousand of you, 
I appreciate you guys listening. It's fun for me. It's really fun to get some feedback from you guys. And uh, life goes on. And I am pumped about the upcoming playoffs. I am sincerely pumped about that. And pumped about the White Sox, my old team, and about the Brewers. So for Jamie Reska on the lighter side of baseball and for the greater things to come in the next couple of months, October baseball, God bless you. Have a great day. And stripe it down the middle. <laughs>